Hello listeners, before we get started with the podcast, there's a few announcements that need to be made. Firstly, um, we haven't forgotten about the podcast in the, over the last two weeks. We did actually record an episode two weeks ago. However, unfortunately, due to technical issues, uh, we were unable to retrieve the file. Um, that being said, in that particular episode, we decided that we will be recording every two weeks. Hence, there was no episode last week. Um, so going forwards, there will be an episode hopefully every two weeks. And we have moved to a new platform, meaning we will be able to. We won't have any more technical issues as we had before. And now uh, back into the regular podcast. Um, welcome to Consultants Without Borders. This week we're joined by Dima, Sam, Miata, Esther, and me, Afkar. Um, today we're going to discuss a multitude of things, starting with. Uh, uh, a word of the day, which we're going to try to incorporate in our podcast. Then um, uh, the Tesla situation, which we'll go into detail when we come to the topic. Uh, LinkedIn and uh, the kind of people uh, we see on LinkedIn. And then finally, the list segment we will cover once again when we reach to the segment itself. Uh, that being said, uh, can Dima introduce the word of the day? Uh, yes. Uh, hey, everyone. The word of the day is uh, vicissitude, which means um, a change of circumstance, circumstance or fortune. Um, I forgot the rest of that. That, that is usually, un, un, that's <laughs> usually unwelcome. That's usually unwelcome. So that's it. I think we should also explain what the word of the day is. The word of yeah. the day is a word that we're going to try and incorporate into the podcast itself. Typically, it will be a hard word, and we'll see what we can do. I think um, we'll get brownie points <laughs> if we win. But other than that, yeah, let's get started. Cool. Um, that leads us into our first main main topic, which is um, uh, the issue with Tesla. So we're going to take a look at a current or um, look, current issue that's happening around the world, and potentially how we would solve it using our problem-solving skills. So this week we're taking a look at um, Tesla and uh, the potential issues with the, uh, the Tesla CEO uh, speaking out his mind on Twitter. So recently, um, uh, the Tesla CEO Elon Musk uh, mentioned that the stock prices are too high, or he uh, uh, he spoke about his uh, political uh, his feelings towards the COVID-19 lockdown. Um, these tweets have resulted in a 13 billion dollar. Uh, uh, reduction in uh, Tesla's uh, valuation, $3 billion for him uh, especially. Um, this is a huge issue if you're a Tesla shareholder or if you're on the Tesla board because every oh, time yeah. this person speaks out his mind, uh, he can potentially be um, influencing your valuation and uh, what you can do in the market. Um, that being said, there's also potential, uh, uh, potential for fraud uh, where he could be manipulating the market by saying things to get a cheaper or lower price when, uh, when he wants to buy back stock. That being said, um, we'll, we will throw this question to first Sam, as if you were a board member, how would you kind of approach this? Like, what would you be looking at um, in terms of uh, resolving the situation where there's one person with this much influence over your stock or share, uh, share prices? Uh, that's a good question. That's a good question. Where would I start? I mean, I think for me, the main question or my main approach, um, you made the assumption that like 
the the influence that he has is always negative, um, which isn't always the case. And also in the situation that we're in now with um, COVID um, and people just not buying um, anything in general, like everything is like depressed in terms of um, the market. One can argue that the actual fall in share price um, could be just to do with that. You know, we're going towards a recession. So probably start off investigating how much of an effect his tweets do have in terms of, so, you know, you do a little like regression over time, like when he tweets something that is seen or perceived as negative within the media, how does that have an effect on the overall share price of the company? Um, and then if you can determine how much of the effect it has, then you can start like implementing some mitigating circumstances. Uh, probably first try removing from CEO um, and distance ourselves or you know he can have is everyone on mute I feel like everyone's on no, mute. No I'm, I'm I'm not on mute. Oh, okay. okay cool no that's cool um, probably um, in terms of if I if I was on the board probably move him away from the public eye and not necessarily in terms of you know taking him off Twitter but distancing him um from the company in the public eye as a whole so he he still he still might run the company in the background but no one outside needs to know that so um probably how how would you implement something like that um does someone else want to take that question because i i don't think it's very easy to if he's already associated he's the face of the brand how do you take away someone who's the face of the brand uh from this uh... Some, something of that magnitude right and someone who is that big in in the tech world you can't you're, you're never ever unless unless you fire him and say right we have nothing to do with elon musk and even then really and truly you're never ever going to be able to remove that brand away from your company because of how big he is and how many companies he kind of runs but so, i like in terms of tesla itself he wasn't even like one of the founders i think he i think he was part of the team that founded tesla but he wasn't I think there were two founders that uh, that were the, the original founders, and then he was able to buy them out or something. He came in in the one a um, um, a round of uh, funding collections, so he wasn't the um, actual inventor of the company or the brand. But yeah, he joined on. I think that's sim that's an interesting fact to point out that, that we know him as the person who invented PayPal, when in fact he didn't invent PayPal. He again bought into PayPal at the right time or merged with PayPal at the right time and then cashed out, used that money and then did the same thing with Tesla. So it, he is a great business mind, but um, yeah, that kind of, that, that kind of questions, how much do we need him or how much does Tesla need him? Um, I think if anything, it proves how much they've benefited because the fact that you can not have founded a comp two companies you didn't found and yet you're known as being the founder of those two companies. Yeah. just shows kind of how his influence i think the, the issue with this question the premise is like oh how do we remove him but it seems like it seems like it's just the company's strategy like i literally just googled it i know very little about tesla so I, i'm not clued into their situation but they don't have a marketing budget they don't spend on advertising elon musk is their advertising so it seems like it's, yeah. it's just been a huge like cost saving i don't know strategy for them to just have elon musk be the face of the company and do advertising for them and it's they've clearly benefited because advertising is huge, like in the automotive industry. 
I think I think so, that's true. The, the so premise isn't that, the premise isn't um, getting rid of him. The premise is trying to take away the negative uh, or the, the take away him uh, negatively impacting um, the company every time he says something that necessarily isn't what the company is thinking. Like it's his. Yeah, own, what I'd argue well, is because they, he is unofficially, because he is un, he is the face of the company. The actual in saying right, how can we dissociate? Our share price from his word what you actually are saying is right how do we re we need a new strategy for advertising and marketing that could the two be, are yeah. linked that could be true yeah right because yeah. if if i'd i'd say like one suggestion one thing to think of is like well if you don't want him to be doing advertising you need to start having a budget for advertising yeah. where people have other things to associate the tesla brand and the tesla name too other than elon musk because right now it's just all kind of him and word of mouth and that kind of thing I also think that Elon Musk also holds like a celebrity status yeah. or status. Yeah. So like with the birth of his child with the weird name, I don't know how to pronounce it, but um, that also caused more people to look into Tesla. As just Unique name, let's not name, name shame a child. Apologies. Um, <laughs> <say> weird. <laughs> Unique name. Apologies, baby of Elon Musk. But um, Could you just say the name, Dima, just, you know, to share with our audience? I actually don't know how to pronounce it. Um, <laughs> but I, I heard that it can't actually be officially named that way in the state of California. So I'm not sure if they'll look somewhere else. For Maybe a middle it, name. But perhaps. But uh, no, I think in terms of uh, the characters and then within the yeah. name itself, it's... Um, Anyway, so back to the point, which is um, having, having, being on the f face of social media and also um, like sharing like his life, like people are always relate more seeing, seeing someone else get married or have someone else having kids. So I think that also helps boost his appearance. Even though that he's been saying like negative or not, not necessarily negative, his, uh, his, his views, for example, on the COVID crisis is contradictory to to um, what the health experts say, or he, he doesn't believe it's right. And obviously having that great influence on other people is also, will also have an impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, going back to the fact that he is their marketing strategy. Um, so are you like, I think the question is, how much value does he bring in terms of marketing compared to the 13 billion that he has lost uh, from a single tweet? Um, is the marketing- how, much, how, how many million, billions does he have left? It's a it $150 billion company. It's lost 10% uh, in value. I mean, you need to look no further than obviously the share prices. and Which, which, uh, which are too high. Yeah, <laughs> they are they are slightly overinflated. You're right, but no if, you, if you if you look at the share prices, but that that's a that's the overinflation is as a consequence of him, Elon Musk. So if you look at the correlation, I, I think in, I think initially it was, but I do like looking at the EV kind of market and EV um, atmosphere. Their product is superior, and their product is. Uh, uh, you know, it's, it does do what it says compared to some of the other yeah, products right it, there it, out in the market. So it does, but it doesn't account can, for the overinflation of share prices. Yeah, I don't think you can just. I, I don't think you can 
use you know um, electric vehicles as a whole as a market to kind of determine what their share price should be because at the end of the day they like tesla is a automotive company and so sorry, when, quick, oh, sorry continue and and when and when you compare them you've got to compare them to all other automotive companies so for yeah. example for Ford's share share price currently stands at like four or five dollars at most within the last two or three years it's been 10 tesla is 700 yeah like I know you're making, you know, electric vehicles. Yeah. In fact, for electric vehicles, is smaller, so the sh the share price should not be as inflated as it currently is at seven hundred dollars a share. That's ridiculous. But is, also, is it if it was as a consequence of the product itself, the growth would be a lot more steady. Whereas you've seen a very rapid incline in share prices. So that's not usually a consequence of a superior product. That's um, either the it's the only product on the market. Or that something significant has happened to allow it to rise at this quite quicker rate. So I would definitely say that the share prices, um, a big, a large part of it is him. Yeah. So I, I'd say it brings in a lot of revenue for them. I'm sorry, how much did we say that Tesla, Tesla is worth as a company? 140 billion-ish. 140 billion. You said we, how much money did it lose from 13. the tweet? 13, 13 billion. Yeah. Okay, but how do we know that's this again? I am not clued into the business, its operations, or its intentions. How do how do we know that wasn't intentional? That's what we're saying. So if it was intentional, then that's fraud because he's devaluing the company. So potentially he could buy or someone else can buy shock. Uh, uh, sorry, stocks in his company, which he has been investigated for before. For so he so let's in, say, let me just uh, bring just up a, the fact um, as a hypothetical. So, let's say he thinks his company is overvalued and. And he just like, yeah, let's just knock it down. Is that fraud? Yeah, because um, so what he does, so there's he can just buy up stock at a lower price now, and just get but more shares. If, if he's not if if he's not buying shares, if it's just for the sake of the the value, the number. But it could fraud? possibly be be someone else. Like it's a very great area because it could maybe it's not him that's buying up the shares. Maybe it's someone else that's knows, close yeah. to him that's buying up the shares, and or or like people have been known to buy shares under their children's names and things like that so it's not like it's not a clear-cut situation which is why you should tend if you are a ceo or a, a big figure in a company you should tend to avoid talking about the company in the public yep okay. just just pointing the fact so i think it was 2018 um he was investigated for fraud uh, for the same kind of uh, situation and uh, he agreed to pay uh, 20 million to uh, have it go away and also agreed that he would have a lawyer pre uh, uh, screen his tweets, which obviously doesn't seem to be the case anymore. <laughs> but, but here's the thing, he's a, he's a savvy businessman. I just, I find it difficult to believe that he like accidentally tweeted something that suddenly like decimated 10% of his company's valuation unintentionally. He's no, we, 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 we all believe that he did it intentionally. We don't, we don't, we're not under the impression. That's not the question. Do you know what I mean? But then, we, so then the question, bringing it back to the question like so surely it's not a problem then as long as he's it, acting in line with what the co company's board or whoever the higher-ups are no but he's not acting in line with the company's board he's currently a 20 percent shareholder his intention is to devalue the prices of the shares so that he can buy up many shares so that he can become a majority shareholder so if he even owns 51 percent of the shares he has majority voting rights in whatever the company does so Going that, from twenty to fifty-one is a is a jump, though. 
No, but he already, he already has. So the next four highest shareholders add up to 23%. So he has 21%. So he already has almost the same amount as the next four uh, major uh, stockholders see. in oh, the I company. Oh, I forget because oh, it's true. It's, it's not even 50% because uh, it's a publicly traded company. So yeah. some of the shares will be belonging to other people so like you said if if it's 23 percent for four people and he's got 21 percent he only needs to buy four more percent for him to be a majority shareholder and for him to have majority voting rights i also think during this it's also during this time a lot of people are sharing not are selling their shares sorry so it's like a time of panic and like you don't want to hold on to shares that could potentially in a year or two be worthless yeah. So what's the problem that we're trying to solve? I think I'm I don't think anybody's panic selling their Tesla shares. Yes. To be honest, I I don't I'm think so. I'm I'm I don't think so either. But I'm saying like in terms of the share culture right now, or like having stocks at the moment, that is, people are panic selling, kind of. People are buying were. as well. Like I've speak, spoken to uh, some of my investment banking friends, and they were saying like it's a good time <laughs> to like. It's it's a good time to buy. Like they are. It's buying definitely stuff a good time to buy. If you have the money. My, my friends bought some um, oil ETFs because um, you know we were having this conversation about two weeks ago about the the um, oil price almost like plummeting, um, and they bought, they bought some and then it rose back to where they thought it would rise, and they've made I think a um, hundred to one hundred and fifty percent on what they invested, and they invested. <laughs> They knew they knew so they invested something like three three thousand five thousand and the same with That's tesla crazy. shares same with, same with tesla shares like it is gonna bounce back like everyone like can be sure of that even though it went down 10 percent like that 13 billion went away but so like people are like losing out on this so it's just i mean so that, it depends on who you are if you're someone that's in it for the long haul then yeah, it doesn't ideally it's 10%, like you said, it will come back. If you're a trader and you're trying to do short-term investments and make money off things, then yeah, then you've got an issue. But for the majority of us who are not traders by, by, by trade, <laughs> long, by, um, we're not employed as traders, most of us are in it for long-term investments. Yeah. So in terms of it dipping 10%, it doesn't really matter on the scale of things because you're not planning on pulling your investment out anytime soon. Well, ideally. So going back, Esther, so, sorry, just to answer your question, the thing we're trying to solve here is in the perspective of the company and the board and kind of maybe even the employees, for, uh, not Tesla or not uh, Elon himself. Um, he might be doing a service with his uh, marketing efforts, but the question is, he's also doing damage and how do we minimize that damage? Um, but, but how, do you, but I, I find that question really tough when you, when you've also said that he owns 21%, which is the majority of all the board already, right? Can you not dilute shares? Yeah, but then if you dilute shares, you're kind of also doing a bit of fraud, right? If you're purposely like, oh, no, you're not. But it's already like, he already owns the majority of the shares and he sits on the board. So it's quite difficult to now kind of disassociate. He, he doesn't sit on the board. He sits on, the, he sits at the CEO. So he reports to the board. Mm. Anyways, also, also just to uh, uh, piggyback, uh, go back to the point of valuation. Um, companies are usually valued uh, for what it's going to be, especially tech companies. So 
That being said, I think Tesla is being viewed as a tech company, hence its valuation compared to- It is a tech company. Uh, compared to like uh, GM or Ford or something like that, which is being yeah. not being valued as a tech company. And that being said, um, everyone, you know, JLR, um, uh, all, the, all the car companies, Volkswagen, all these companies have pledged that 2021, which might not be the case now, but 2021, they'll all have an EV range. And the only yeah. one that's, that realistically has an EV range on the market is these guys. And that's, like, that's, that's what I meant when I said product uh, uh, kind of led to its, its valuation. It's already so in you, the market. So you think, at, 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 at it, as it stands, it's the only electric vehicle company in the, in the market? With, Tesla re- with only, reasonable but, performance. Hold on. Tesla doesn't also sell just electric vehicles. Remember, like, two or three years ago, I was looking at solar panels for the house, like um, household or domestic solar panels. And the only available one yeah. in, in this region is Tesla. So yeah, they, they, they do electricity as well. They do like utilities as well. So it's not just the cars, but like, yeah, I think that's ma- ma- their major share, like in terms okay. of income. Um, okay. So you can, you can argue like he's done his work as well, as in, He's now they're at 150 billion. Like, how much more can he push? You know, the valuation up. Is there? Is there? You, you, you say this, but if we take a look at Amazon, everybody keeps on saying, "Oh, it's overvalued. It's overvalued. It's overvalued." But it just seems to keep increasing. Is that because of Jeff Bezos, or is that because they're providing a service in the COVID-like situation that's essential? Even before the COVID situation, everybody was saying that it's. It's what's it called? It's um, it's share prices overvalued Amazon, and the fact is is actually they're technically a tech company as well because they don't make the majority of their money from selling services or selling goods. Sorry, they make the majority yeah. of their 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 money from AWS. Yeah. So the fact is is that we we say that all oh, these companies are overvalued and they can't really grow anymore, but they just con- seem to continue to grow. No, and if you, as you said, if Tesla dominates this market at the moment and it does what Amazon does, which is cripples its competitors, exactly. then it no, will continue to grow. No, that makes my point, though. It's not, I'm saying, can Elon add value to the share prices anymore? If, as you said, Tesla, the product they make, continues to dominate, then surely uh, like you can build a marketing strategy around the product itself instead of relying on you know, a billionaire kind of being eccentric and bringing attention to your brand. Perhaps. Um, and perhaps actually he knows that. And that's the reason he's doing what he's doing to buy up more shares because he knows that soon he could get the axe. They can buy him out. I don't know. I don't really agree with the whole, they're going to continue to dominate based on the fact that they're only... Oh, I, by the way, I'm not saying that they are continuing to dominate. <laughs> I'm just saying that it's possible... Uh, by the standards of Amazon. Based on what, Sam? Why, why do you think they won't? So, so when, you, when, you think of, when you think about it, Amazon, the, the only other competitor for Amazon, eBay, and eBay doesn't do the same things that Amazon is doing, right? And with AWS in terms of what, in, in, in terms of like the amount of money they make from that, for the first five or six years of AWS, they, they never told anyone what, you know, how much they were making. They would just take all their profits and reinvest it in the business. And they entered, you, the cloud space now is massive, right? So they entered, you know, a space that no one else was really doing and then became the, premier, the perennial, like, powerhouse. Whereas, like, with Tesla, 
like, but it's actually it's it's shocking because they they weren't the first in the cloud space. Actually, I think IBM were the first in the cloud yeah. space. No, they weren't. They were like a couple years. Yeah, they were like later. Like AWS were literally. Yeah, no, no. We were like we Good entered support. like we entered the cloud space when when IBM says they entered, it was like we did some cloud, but we weren't really. It wasn't like a like a business that we were trying to get into. If that makes sense. It was just something yeah. that we did. Whereas with AWS, they were going, oh, you know, we're doing, we're doing all of this thing. We're going to make it a business and we're going to invest in it, right? So that's the two different. But with, back to my, my, my earlier point with Tesla, right? The only other competition that they have currently is the Porsche because the Porsche makes the Porsche Taycan. And um, uh, Porsche's designer of Porsche. Yeah, Porsche's designer, but like that's a, I think they are currently valued as a like as a huge like tech company one they aren't and two they don't actually have any like competition currently so who's this top, you're saying tesla is not a tech company they're not a tech company they make cars but in the realm of technology yeah but they make cars okay but the but then what what is tech then because tech is I, like i would say tech is like more to do with like data I think that's I think that's a that's a that's your definition, but I don't I don't think that is the definition of working in a tech space. I think anything that innovates and provides technological solutions to things is a tech tech company. This is true, but they make tech within the confines of a car. So yeah, but then it's still a tech company because they use a lot of new technology. And actually, they, isn't isn't the whole thing the whole big thing about Teslas is that they're self-driving, which means that they use AI. To an extent, I yeah. Not, I thought they weren't so the, whether that makes them a tech company? It, it's partial self-driving. It, it is self-driving, but you still need a driver in the seat. But it yeah, can self-drive. But even by your definition of using data, they have to use data for it to be a self-driving car. Yeah. I, um, I think we're running over time for this segment. So just to uh, round it up, um, uh, just a quick uh, bullet, uh, bullet fire, whatever, I don't know, bullet point summary of uh, what each person thinks uh, uh, about the question or uh, what they think uh, should be done. So the question is, how does Tesla as a company try and dissociate from the negative press or negative uh, Attention, uh, attention towards uh, Elon, their CEO, and uh, if anyone has like a strong opinion that it is, it is a negative thing, then uh, uh, please uh, make a statement. I can start off. I, I think it is. I think he's done his part, and he can continue to be this marketing like tool. But mm -hmm. I think they need to move on because I think their product now is getting to the point where it is a product, whereas the last 10, 15 years, they had one car and you know, limited amount of production where they needed his assistance to kind of market and make money and um, uh, increase the valuation. Now it isn't. Um, that being said, it is, uh, if there is an argument against it, uh, I, I can hear it now. I think it's a bit of a double-edged sword and I think also if they were going to implement a strategy to get rid of him they should have done it they should have started doing it who knows they might have but they should have started doing it a long time ago now yeah. that he's 20 21 percent shareholder in 
it's a bit, it's, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit too far gone. Yeah, okay. you're, you're a bit too far gone. So it might be the case where you just have to accept it and embrace him. I guess, um, I mean, then, then you just deal with it internally, I guess. Give him more than one or two assistants to like monitor his Twitter or make sure, double check, triple check kind of thing. I think also it ties into what Esther kind of mentioned earlier that they they don't spend any mon- money on marketing and it's yeah. kind of a market employed that they that they say that they say we don't spend in, any money on marketing so if you are going to distance yourself away from Elon you have to start spending money on marketing which kind of also signals to the market that you're trying to do something with Elon yeah that's true in that I, sense, I I think also there's a lot to be actually most most companies biggest outgoing is marketing which is a huge huge spend so the fact that they're saving him them on marketing is not, it's not a small deal that's that's a big feat like that's that's something that's quite major and also the comp the automotive companies that don't advertise tend to be luxury vehicles and you're mm-hmm. trying to sell to the regular consumer if you yeah. get rid of the person who is your sort of advertising marketing your your vehicle moves out of the regular consumer market into the luxury market and that's not what they're i don't believe that's what their ethos is yeah no i think i think that's a valid point it, it is it's a more complex issue than you know do we get rid of him or do we keep him um anyways i think we've uh, uh run past uh, our limit for this segment uh, moving on to the next segment um which is uh, LinkedIn and uh, the kind of people we meet in LinkedIn. Um, I'd like to. Uh, it's gonna be so fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to uh, let Dima start off. I guess. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Recently, I've been seeing a spike in in the post saying that we can get through this, and <laughs> and just I don't know. Even before the COVID uh, crisis, there's always posts about. I guess not giving up, and I guess these heartfelt, heartfelt messages. And at the end of the day, if if it gives hope to someone, fair enough. But me personally, when I use LinkedIn, I like to see news articles or I like to see advancements in companies. Research. I don't like. I to me, it doesn't benefit me to see someone posting that they've done a, a class on LinkedIn learning. I'm like, I'm like, you don't need to show that you've, yes. you've got a, a certificate. But then again, it might help someone else who, who hasn't seen it. I don't know. But, yeah, um, it's, yeah, it's there. And also, for me, it's also interesting to see how people act on LinkedIn compared to their real life persona. So there's been some people who I've never interacted with in real life and, or they're, they're part of my cohort and they're not actively outgoing. Whereas on LinkedIn, they have a completely different personality. And I think if, especially if you have own your own company, engaging with other people's posts and commenting, yeah, it increases your engagement. It's, it opens up your exposure, but sometimes it's just funny. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, I know if, if when, when they post on a CEO's post saying, yes, I do this too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I don't actually use LinkedIn okay. that much. Yeah, me neither. I don't. I don't. When I go on, usually I, I do a quick scroll through. Um, but honestly speaking, 
I think if you're employed and not actively seeking employment, I don't really see, see why you'd be on there a lot. Yeah. Like, what, what do you get out of LinkedIn, it? I, I see a lot of updates and news. I see, like, it's, it gives me perspectives. For example, I, I follow the World Economic Forum. I follow a lot of local businesses and they, okay. put, in their ups, uh, they put their updates there. So for me, it's, it's like a, a news feed or like I can scroll for the rec recent news and also if there's any upcoming events. But maybe that's more geared towards my region. Um, okay. And also, I also... Um, like like you're saying, I completely agree. If you're actively looking for a job, I think LinkedIn is amazing. Like I've known a couple of people who just reached out using LinkedIn, and actually, yeah. I I had I had um, headhunters messaging me as well. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Is is yeah, if you're actively seeking employment, I believe LinkedIn is is an amazing platform. To be honest, because even like if you switch on your visibility, you'll have headhunters in your inboxes in a matter of days, which is amazing. But okay. in terms of in terms of what I'm scrolling through it, which links back to the question, I'm not gonna lie. I see a bunch of really sort of self helpy posts, and it, I don't. It doesn't sit with me quite the way it should. I understand that it's there to motivate, but I feel sometimes I'm like, this is very inflated and very sort of sensationalized and dramatized, and you put it in this paragraph to to make it inspirational, but it doesn't. It feels forced. You know what I mean? I have one piece of like interesting anecdotal evidence or anecdotal experience with LinkedIn. So I used, I had LinkedIn premium for two months and that was because I needed it for something to do with work. And it's wild because I don't have very many LinkedIn connections and I, I suppose I reluctantly use the platform at, on, or at that point I had. But once I got LinkedIn premium, I started getting like so many um, connection requests and they were all from people I knew for the most part. It wasn't as if they were just kind of random headhunters or, you know, strangers on LinkedIn. They were people I knew. So people who went to uni with or kind of in my social, in my circle of influence, if you will. Mm -hmm. But I never had so many. So I'm not sure if there's, my working hypothesis is that when you kind of pay for LinkedIn premium, it maybe bumps you up in terms of um, where you said in terms um, on people's like, recommended connections, it does. Yeah, it does. But and um, and so what I think is, I'm not sure. Maybe um, when you are very active on the platform as well, there might be some sort of reward in that way, where when you engage with it more frequently, it actually bumps you up in people's recommendations. So I'm not sure if people who post frequently on LinkedIn and they themselves see some sort of same or similar um, trend. So are, you, are, you, are you saying they're trying well, to manipulate sure the algorithm? Yeah, yeah like, I, 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 I haven't looked into it. I think I'm, it does. I'm saying, I knew it's premium. I, I know it happens, but I'm saying maybe it's the same for those who write posts. Because I've, I've never written a post on LinkedIn. Like I just haven't on my own profile. But maybe those who frequently do find that it actually helps them in, in increasing that in, in what's it called broadening their network. Yeah, and you. But, and I, but that's 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 how it works for what I believe how it works for most social media. The more you you're use, you actively use it and the more people interact with you the wider your reach becomes generally i suppose but i don't LinkedIn. think i've ever had in, like my instagram usage like very dramatically like, if it pays i don't use it at all for like a month yeah. then i go to periods where i use it like right now honestly yeah. where i use that it might slow. Be because you have a private and public account whereas on linkedin it's generally Esther, public. Esther, i think True. to your point um i see like articles written by people that i'm not connected to because someone i know li liked that post 
So I think that's where you're coming from. So if you do, if you are this person who's writing this post, someone likes it, and then you have access to their connections as well now, because even though they're yeah. not connected to you, and that's where you can like, access your visibility. You have a similar setup on Twitter as well. So if, if someone I know likes something, I can see that, that tweet. I can. But I also think to some extent, like maybe the actual algorithm like favors you, if you if you have high engagement to encourage it. Does. It, it does. That's it's the same for every social media platform. The more you interact, the more you use it. The more people interact with your post the bigger your reach. They will start showing your posts to more people. That's just, that's the way the algorithm works. Even, even Google itself, like um, I have a friend who works in uh, like Google al algorithm manip manipulation. So like it's a marketing company. And if you want your website or your whatever business coming up like in the top first page, they kind of like manipulate, like they create articles and create posts, blah, 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 blog posts and so on or featuring your name and featuring your company and so on. And at, at the end, like yeah. you're on the front page when they Google something. Uh, yeah, like there's there's like search engine optimization. Yeah. yeah, literally, I was going to say, there's whole roles dedicated to that. It's, it's, it is search engine optimization, essentially. But yeah. um, I think you, we also have to remember that like, as much as we use LinkedIn for kind of engaging with our like close or distant networks, like LinkedIn, for companies, the marketing employee, right? So I, you know, the, the startup I, um, I volunteer for, um, <laughs> uh, the startup that I volunteer for, we, we would actually, just, we had a call on Monday, we were discussing uh, LinkedIn and how to better use it and, you know, and how we're gonna release content on there. And we, it's very tactical in how we release content and then we follow specific people and we comment on there and we've actually got quite a, a lot of business from it. So as much as we as individuals use LinkedIn in order to, you know, get from one job to the other, companies and individuals use it as a way to kind of reel in, you know, put, uh, potential clients. And that's how a lot of like content producers um, kind of use it. So when Dima was, was to, uh, mentioning or talking about how, was it Esther? A lot of like inspirational content. It's kind of how people, people do that because they know that, people are gonna watch the video, interact with the video, and then in hopes of a potential client looking at said video, going onto their profile, looking at their website and going, oh, this is something I could use in my business. Yeah. So it's kind of what LinkedIn's kind of changed from how it's should or was intended to be used to kind of- I mean, it was initially a marketplace for job seekers and employers. I think it still is. It just has more dimensions. Yeah, and then going back to Sam, I, I think we, we did that with the, the racing team where when we were going to China or when we were going to another country, we would kind of increase uh, mentions of these regions. And that did, you know, spike up like interactions from that region and also like companies just taking a look, just, you know, reaching out to see if they can do anything. So yeah, I think it definitely does kind of, basically it is a manipulation of uh, the, the algorithm behind it. I think that, that has to be because I don't, yeah, as you said, I don't see the value in uh, writing a 10 line motivational post. Like I, if I, if that was me and if I was really proud of something, at best you're going to get two lines out of me. Like you can't <laughs> get like, I, I'm not proud of anything for 10 Honestly, lines. Honestly, I, I wrote a line for my graduation. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> graduated from uni, yay. Yeah, and yeah. I've, have and you also I didn't even post when I, like when I got my, like a lot of, do you know what I've seen actually? Yeah. That really sort of, it shouldn't irritate me as much as it does, just, but just it does. It pisses you out, doesn't it? 
is when people preemptively put on their they haven't started they've just preemptively put on their role and it's like <laughs> you don't even know what's gonna happen between now and you starting you have no clue you know what i mean the company can go bust for all you know I love oh. it. <laughs> I have, I saw some people at my company, they were like incoming consultants. Nice. Just, that's just annoying. 21 that's just Wait until you like, start. I'm like, I'm like, so many likes. It has like 50 likes. I'm like, come on, he hasn't even started yet. He doesn't, he doesn't start till like three months after. Is 50 so many for you, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> no, LinkedIn, but I... Yeah. And I just, like, I think they actually general, get it. They update it again. It's like actual consultants. That's just, that's just really annoying. <laughs> I don't want to see it. I saw it the first time. I don't want to see it the second time. They send it to your managers like, yo, we need to get rid of them. Probation over. No, but I think as a general rule of, like, I know it irritates me, but as a general rule of thumb, I don't think it's ever a good idea to preemptively put something up as a status when you it's, it's not happened yet. Yeah. And that's soon to be in a relationship <laughs> you just don't know and then you, something happens god forbid you don't start there you can't work there for whatever reason and now you've got egg on your face because everyone knows you are meant to yeah, it also annoys me when people like they don't just put their current roles in their title they put like their past roles so that oh, like, yeah. <laughs> i don't know if they well, have such a long linkedin really title I think that Pardon? comes, yeah. yeah. There's someone should write like an etiquette for like LinkedIn and just like, please, just keep sharing it until people like have, everyone... uh, people please, have. Please. Also, I can't criticize anyone. I really need to up my LinkedIn game. I definitely not optimizing my use of it. And that's... Listen, no, no one's arguing, like, as in, you can not be good at using LinkedIn and you yeah. can be good at using LinkedIn. That's fine. It doesn't bother Stop being annoying. Just, yeah, don't, yeah, don't be that guy. Just don't be that guy. But also, like, I just feel like my, I have no idea. I, 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 I've never asked anyone who writes kind of these inspirational or humble braggy posts why they do so. But my, um, more with the inspirational ones, um, my theory is that they, these are people who perhaps aren't um, very extroverted in real life. And so they kind of compensate by being more extroverted on their online profiles. Um, well, what does that serve? I don't know, help to help them with employment. But I'm like, <laughs> ultimately, ultimately, if hey, if they are if they're doing something to try and help them to get employment, and I may think it's cringy, they may think it's cringy, but they're, it's um, well, they're, they're hustling, I guess. Yeah, good for them. Well, you well, no, the inspirational posting, yeah, is for me. I, like I said, like you guys said, I don't knock the hustle in it to each their own. But like, there are certain things there are small things that i don't i think are a, a bit obnoxious that's that's all yeah i think so the humble brags though i don't like at all but the, with the cringy inspirational stuff i'm like i have i have never been a recruiter where i can't put my i can't really i don't know whether it works or not and if it does then hey good for them the humble brags i'm like no nah, that's just very <laughs> enough when uh, no one I likes mean, no that, that being said, that being said like there are some posts that are long and like oh i've achieved something and i'm just like okay i mean that's not too bad like yesterday i saw some lady um got a law degree and she was like she got pregnant like halfway through and then like she kind of like raised a child and finished school and came top of the class i'm like okay yeah that's nice. like, like nice you, you sh- yeah you need to be you, you should that. be proud you of that it's like you nice, should, well, you nice well done yeah yeah flex 
And like I have no, nothing wrong. You ran a marathon yesterday. Here. I don't care. I just don't. Like yeah, I even that, I'd say. No, like if you, you, you don't, you don't what, know the journey. What, Maybe they were really unfair, and it's not something they ever thought they could do. What has that got to do with LinkedIn? Why it's, are you I think it's, on an no, employment platform? I, I see. No, I think it's relevant runners. because you're demonstrating um, hard work and and, and strong will. Like training for marathon. What, what if you're just really commitment. fit and then you just run it? Like, I, I have friends who never run and then just run the marathon on the day and then they, they're fine. They probably do other sports and also really. Tell me, give me their names. I, I don't believe you. <laughs> I will type the name. <laughs> <laughs> they ran a marathon without any, without with zero training. Yeah. A full marathon. A half marathon. To be fair, my brother did. My brother did touch for the half marathon. Bro, I, I, mean, I, I, I can run marathon. three. I, I can't run. I, I can't run three kilometers without stopping. So like half marathon, ma- marathon, still, still, you know, still pretty impressive without any training. But I just think, I think, yeah, I, I, I think kind of celebrating your own achievements is not a bad thing i just don't like it's just the, the humble brag people who are like if there's a way to go about that you can be like i'm I, you know i worked hard to achieve this i'm very proud of myself you know good for you but when you're like wow who would have thought that i'd end up like that kind of phrasing is yeah. so frustrating and it's and that i think is i don't think it serves Ooh. anyone any good to do that wow. like just be proud of yourself and be like hey I'm, i did this and i think it's great and, you don't have to try and appear as though you're being... You're, you're surprised at how this could have happened to you when you're posting <laughs> five pictures. <laughs> that, that, um, that literally has jogged my memory. So, you know, with COVID on, the amount of British people on LinkedIn that, you know, write this really inspiring story about how, you know, they just got fired from their company, um, couldn't be put on furlough, but they've managed to, uh, you know, get a job at Tesco because, you know, they're helping the nation and, you know, supporting their family financially. But is, <laughs> is it bad that even those make me cringe? Like, no, it's, I, it's I, not it's bad. Supposed, it's supposed to make you cringe. Very uncomfortable. I, it, I find it very oh, uncomfortable. That's, that's, really, that's just kind of sad. I'm like, oh, I know, I know, but this is the thing is, I find it uncomfortable either way. Even when, you're, when, when you're humble bragging, or when you put a really, really unfortunate circumstance of your life on, on social media, I find that very uncomfortable. In a positive like, twist. As an unfortunate... It's, it's, it, I, don't it's, I don't know, I just, I feel like Loki is a bit oversharing, but that's just me personally, obviously, and that's how I choose to navigate social media, but when I, it blows my mind, do you know what I mean? I lost my job of yeah. 50 years, it's just like, how, how did you post that? How did you bring yourself, how did you do it? Like With all the chest. Like, but how did I you share that with think... the world? I don't see it as them sharing an unfortunate circumstance. For me, the way it's written, I'm like, okay, so now you work at Tesco. You, it, the, way, the way it's phrased as if, oh, like, you know, I, don't worry. I've done like, an honourable thing. I've done an yeah. honourable thing, you know, like other people would be ashamed for working at Tesco, but you know what? I'm helping the nation and I am supporting my family. And it's like... Yeah. No, but the, what, what, the way you just said that, I was like, yes, <laughs> No, but the phrase makes everything. The way you just said it now, it sounded horrible. It's true. It's true. They're looking down at the job. Yeah. It's it's like I'm above this, but look, I'm being humble and accepting my circumstances. During this moment in time, I'm helping. Yeah, we all need to. But that's the thing is as well is why do you feel the need to justify the fact that you work at Tesco at all? You work at Tesco. You you need money. Yeah. (laughs) That is a good enough reason to work at Tesco is the fact that you need money, honestly. Tesco pays well as well. I don't 
do they? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> they, work they, at they, Tesco. I've worked they, at many supermarkets, but not Tesco. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think for a period of time, that all that those stories was every that that's all I saw on social media. It's like every another person just being like, you know, I just got fired from my job, but you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna you know I'm gonna go and apply to that place. I'm gonna work at Tesco. I'm, oh, do you know what it is? You again, do you know that's another thing. I get that people put positive spins on things, yeah, but also I, I again it comes back to the thing of being forced. Like yeah. you are allowed to be upset about the fact that you lost your job. That is something that's really heart wrenching, especially if you've been there for a while. Take time and heal, because we're not even out of the pandemic yet. How can you be telling me that you're already putting a positive spin on this? I mean, they might just need to get a job to support yeah. themselves. I mean, that be I like get it. Sam, Sam just reminded me of something. Uh, I, I think it was last week. I saw a post where someone like screenshotted their email, like rejection email from Google, and they're just like. Those are the worst. Look! Those look how! Look worst. how nicely uh, they rejected me. They they asked about how I'm doing, and they asked about my family. Blah blah blah. Like, bro, yeah, you, you you still got rejected. Do you know I what think it's also that, just like you shouldn't is... you shouldn't you shouldn't advertise your rejection just from a purely like if you want to make be employable, you want to make it seem yeah. like you're somebody that succeeds, not someone. Yeah, like, I, I think that's think... rejected from jobs, which maybe just don't advertise. I mean, there's but nothing wrong with getting rejected, ask... but yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's a very ask kissy move. It's like, look, I'm such a positive person, just in case I want to be employed at Google in the future. I, I appreciate look, I how Google rejects me. I appreciate that's how Google rejects me. That's so nuts! Like, I got. Uh, I got a rejection email about like three, three or four weeks ago from an internship that I applied to two years ago. <laughs> and me and my dad were discussing if only it wasn't a no reply email, I could have I could have emailed them back and be like, hi, but I got a job. <laughs> By the way. But, but um, that just questions the whole HR process. Like, do you not check the dates on the emails? Like, <laughs> like how backtracked it is? It's just like, this email came like 2018. Like, Maybe I shouldn't reply. Depending on the companies, some of them are actually super oversubscribed. So they don't actually make it to the bottom of the pile. That's fine. Speaking. Don't reply. I'm the top of the pile. I don't get it. Yeah, but- you, know, you know what it might be, Dima? They might have just automized, uh, automated uh, their response for rejection emails. And then they just like fed all these like old emails in. And then you were just one of those. No, because I've applied to them before. And I've reached the interview, the interview oh. stages. Like oh. for a previous internship but um anyway there's a po- there's another point that i want to discuss for linkedin it makes me laugh when like older folk like they start using emojis <laughs> trying <Folk>. to <laughs> trying to connect with like the kids the youth. <laughs> yeah it'd be like that sometimes like after each sentence or like they, they try and use different emojis instead of words. You know what, sometimes it's not <laughs> them trying to connect with the youth. Sometimes it's just the midlife crisis that we have to accept <laughs> that people have those. It's fine. We've got to let people use their <laughs> emojis after every sentence. Also, also like, I'm like, this is just my thought of right now. You know, like young people, I guess we, we don't have ownership over emojis. Like if, if we don't. <laughs> people who are middle-aged <laughs> women want to use them completely, what we consider incorrectly, like they have as much ownership of the keyboard as we do. So hey, yeah, let true. them. Yeah, I feel like young. It's almost like because we've grown up in technology, it's kind of under our ownership, if you will, like societally. And it's like, oh, this yeah. is the way to use it. But actually, when you have a large portion of the over, I don't know, over fifty population using it a certain way, I guess that is also yeah. part of. I the, mean, look, I'm not gonna lie. Loki, I find it a 
a little bit endearing when I see older people use emojis. I think I, I, I think it's, it's, I think it's endearing as well. Not trying to be of them using it. It's them like incorporating it into big paragraphs and using it after each sentence. Yeah, right. I think I think that's that's another thing is where they they like they don't realize that emojis are quite an informal thing, and it's, it's like I don't know maybe LinkedIn is a bit informal. I, I'm I've considered it more of a formal platform. I don't really use emojis or anything like that on LinkedIn. But maybe that's just again just the way I use but it. Also, um, I, I think old people using like, uh, emojis are a vicissitude of fortune. <laughs> that's that was so false, and I'm pretty sure incorrect. Incorrect, very incorrectly used. <laughs> it's a change. <laughs> very incorrectly used. Yeah, at least I'm gonna get a half point for that. Oh, what are you guys no, on? At least Zero. I don't think minus so. one. Definitely minus one. You did the word a disservice. You you yeah. you tried it was to a vestitude itself. Yeah, yeah that, that's it. You said it's a vestitude of this. What did you say? What was the end of, of the fortunes. sentence? You, fortunes. You just say a vestitude. That's it. That's the word. Done. I literally just replaced one. Um, what's it called? A noun in uh, the example sentence with old people, and then just said it. So the structure of so the sentence is called, correct. There's a thing called context, which often. <laughs> Um, matters. It's like fifty percent in context. Um, Anyways, also, I've done my part. <laughs> we tried, but it's okay. Another point that I wanted to discuss was how I don't know why at university they placed a lot of importance in us creating a LinkedIn profile and making sure that I'm like, there's nothing that you can see other than my high school, which you're already going to see in my CV. Yeah, I don't know. I think, the, like I said, the importance of LinkedIn at the time we were at university was quite, qu it was quite a good time to, to get into that sphere. because I think we it's the visibility of jobs searching. as well. Yeah, you, we were actually searching for employment. Yeah. Um, but now that we are currently employed, its importance has become <clears> much less because I, I don't imagine any of you are planning on moving from your area's employment in the next much year yes. or so. Well, it, I said most of us. Does it cringe you? Does it cringe you out when um, you see you see someone who's gone to like a day event, but they've written like a really uh, about like all they've learned and you know tagged just, relevant people. Bro, <laughs> just but maybe enjoy it your conference. Maybe, and maybe it gets them the job. That's a thing. Even no. if it cringes us out, who's you know? Who's someone needs when to do a study on this. Someone needs. <laughs> You know, actually, actually I've got. I I've think got it works. One, I've got one that really just genuinely does annoy me. Is um, headhunters slash recruiters that have no idea, like they just come into your inbox anyhow. Like they, they have no clue who you. They just spam. Yeah. Yeah. They just they just spam me. Just just hey, I've seen that you 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 work in chemical engineering. Did you want uh. to start fixing cars? It's like they don't. <laughs> you, you do. <laughs> They have nothing to do with each other, right? I have, I, 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 have this, I have this lady who, like, every two months, like, sends me this, like, oh, they're looking for accountants in Scotland. I'm like, okay. <laughs> What's that I had, to do with me? <laughs> I had someone message me. He, he wasn't a headhunter. He was a guy looking for a job. So on my company's website, I, there's, like, I, I say it's a small statement. There's a picture of me with the statement. Nice. And he's like, hey, I found, I found your face on, I found your picture on, on, my company's website and Creepy. she's like do you think you can get me a job as a manager <laughs> <laughs> and 
almost junior level at this point. Like, oh, what sort of authority do you think I have? Do you know what? Yeah. It's like, let me try. I emailed them, they said no. <laughs> I, I got a, what's it called? I got a, a, a DM or an inbox or whatever it's called on LinkedIn. I'm not entirely sure. the DM. Don't know. Um, and he was like, he asked me, this random dude asked me how I was, how I was doing. I was like, all right, cool. Nice. Um, it's weird, to be honest, but that's not the point. He then proceeded to go, well, um, what if I told you there's a way of you making steady income? Pyramid scheme. Like LinkedIn, really? LinkedIn is where you've decided to do this? If Pyramid I can tell scheme. you that there's, there's, a, yeah, there's a steady way of you making income every day without doing anything from the comfort of your home. I was just like... That sounds sick. <laughs> Let me hear it. <laughs> I was just like, I mean... Like, I didn't realize that LinkedIn was the place to be advertising pyramid schemes. I thought that was kind of exclusively a Facebook thing because we've left that kind of thing in the past. But they're getting smarter. Evidently, just they like, are wow. evolving. Um, in terms of like the use of LinkedIn, like I, I find the value in like seeing some of the companies, as Lima said, and also like just um, there are people who like write articles, like, as in like proper articles or like research uh, articles. And sometimes they post it, and yeah, that's, that, that, that's somewhat interesting to read. So one I do enjoy those. Friends, one of my friend's brother, he started a startup. And uh, like every two months, I, I would say, he does like a blog post of where he's reached. Um, like his, his is a healthcare startup, and it's quite interesting, like especially during this time. Like, how, like yeah, you would read that. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. So just like one it's making it relatable to someone who for example is interested in just having a startup rather than being like hey you guys you, you'd never know that i started off as a doctor but then i left that just to to have my own startup it's like no um it's like <laughs> hey guys startups are really hard but i'm doing it yeah, yeah it's like i saw a gap in the healthcare system <clears throat> while i was a doctor and this is my this has been my journey thus far I think I think that's I think you've hit the nail on the head really though is it the, the intonation of your writing is what matters yeah so if the purpose of what you're writing is to inform I always want to listen to that I, there's there's, ne there's never going to be a point where I'm going to go this is weird and cringe do you know what I mean if the purpose of your writing is for example to entertain it's just like well that's that's a bit of a gray area you could always, you know what I mean it, it, you could go wrong with that and on LinkedIn, it's not kind like of it's, it's not where people go for entertainment. Like I, I, I don't believe it is anyway. Um, so it's it, it, it depends, I guess. And also, again, it's just yeah. I, I think phrasing was was the key point in all of this. Is how people put things really matters. Cool. I think we should round this segment up as well. Um, so this now leads us into our final segment, which is the list segment. I believe Dima has come up with a uh, great list uh, category idea, I think. So the list category for this podcast episode is your top three clothing brands. Oh. Can we guess each other's top three clothing brands? Because I think I can get oh, some Oh, I feel sounds. like you're going to start insulting me. <laughs> we, know, we know you bougie, me. Yeah, should we... Should, <laughs> Should we guess what other people would wear? As in like okay. top top three, as in like what what kind of vibes they give up in terms of clothing? Wow, uh, okay. 
and then they can say what they actually wear. So compare and contrast. Right. Are we all going to take a shower or is it just, or should we just let Afghar have his fun and then... We could actually say. <laughs> <laughs> go on. Go on, Afghar. Go ahead. All right, well, why don't you start, Sam? Why am I, what am I, why am I starting? Like your top three uh, brands. I thought you were going to... I feel like yeah. you wear a lot of Under Armour. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He does wear a lot of Nike, Nike, probably a Nike guy. I, I see a Google lot of Nikes on him. Merch. Google merch. Oh my god. <laughs> Esther, one time you sent for him in that lecture, I couldn't stop looking up. Wait, what, what did I say? You were like, it's You're wrong. Like, it doesn't say me? Google. Uh, <laughs> you put the shirt that doesn't say Google. You're like, it's wrong. <laughs> and, and the funny thing. I'm funny sometimes. I, no, that was a time. I didn't own anything that did not say Google on it, so. I was, I was actually crying. It was, it was a very funny day, but um, yeah, I've seen you wear quite a lot of Under Armour. I don't know about other brands, but that Yeah, very, very Nike. But yeah, oh, go on. What do you think, Sam? What, what, are, what is your like top three? Uh, I don't wear Under Armour. I have an <laughs> Under Armour bag. Oh, it's just one bag. <laughs> one Crazy. bag. Crazy. It's like, it's like, it's like my go-to bag. Um, yeah, no, just one bag. Um, yeah, probably my the one main brand that I do wear is Nike. Um, and I don't even wear it that often. It's probably like 10% of my clothing. I'll um, take it. It's not necessary. What's your, the question wasn't what's your most frequent uh, like clothing brand. It's like, what is your top three favorite? Or not necessarily favorite, but what's your top three clothing brands? Oh, Gucci, sorry, Louis Vuitton. <laughs> I guess Gucci, Gucci, Gucci. <laughs> like, Gucci, 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 Gucci. ASOS, ASOS, is, okay, ASOS, ASOS have a brand, I guess. Oh yeah. wow, okay, yeah. Yeah, they have a brand. Yeah, that that P code from uh, second year, ASOS. Yeah, ASOS. <laughs> ASOS, Marks and Spencers, and then it would be Nike. That was solid. unexpected, Marks and Spencers. That's no, you worked there, didn't you? About the benefits of the Sparks card. <laughs> you always, whenever we used to hang out, you always brought those like tubs of, was it like, you know, like um, Rice Krispie snacks or things like that. There's like yeah. confectionery desserts. You always, or like flapjacks. You always I didn't know he worked there. They, they were delicious. Yeah, he did. Yeah, no. I got like, I think it was like something like 20%. It was 20%. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> they sold really good quality clothes. I was like, oh, I should shop here rather than Primark. It's for like old people, like 60 year olds. <laughs> no, no, do you know what? It's 40, for, 45, okay, 45 year olds. No, they have some really nice clothes. I have bought some clothes. Like Billabong. Are you trying to say I'm 45? I've got, is that what you're trying to say? No, like Billabong. I, 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 I saw like guys' clothes, it's like, like, Vest and then billabong, like it was like nothing in between. Are you sure you went like the child's section? <laughs> I'm pretty sure billabongs is a Debenhams brand or something like that. I'm oh, may, may, maybe, sure. I'm, maybe I'm maybe I'm mixing it up then. <laughs> not entirely um, sure it's a Marks and Spencer brand. I, I think I think I'm thinking of Debenhams actually. My bad. We get can we guess me others? Yeah, Lou. On. <laughs> <laughs> It's quite tough. Like I feel like maybe this is a wrong interpretation. I've only shopped from a lot of places. But yeah, I'd say I'd maybe one of them. I, I think you're I actually, all over the place. 
Did you say don't... Topshop? Actually, they're not having Topshop, maybe. No, I don't no not really. Topshop. No. Primark. Is she, is she wearing a Vans t-shirt? No? No, I'm not wearing a Vans t-shirt. <laughs> I'm wearing a t-shirt that's not mine, but it's a... I don't know what t-shirt this is. It's not mine, I don't know. <laughs> New look, maybe? No, not really. I don't really know what you shop, actually. I really don't know. And you call each other, you, 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 uh, both of yourselves friends. <laughs> yeah, it's not that deep. Um, I shop quite a lot at Uniqlo. I mean, I knew Sam like Nike. Yes. Yeah, you do, you do um, I sh- say the I, praises like, of Uniqlo. I, I buy a lot of clothes from Uniqlo. I like Uniqlo. I like their brand. A nice lot of brand. it, sorry? I like their brand. They're quite nice. I didn't take it. You took it, remember yesterday? Mute. <laughs> I've got to stop talking to you. Sorry. Mute. Uh, yeah. So Uniqlo, it was top three, wasn't it? Uh, I mean, what's your top three? Like, what do you do? What, what, what do you think I like? What What would you like to wear? Let's, I guess. Oh wait, what would I like to wear? No, like, it's yeah. like, what's your top? Okay, three? sorry. Okay, okay, Diva. Okay, go ahead, Diva. <laughs> Redefine the question again. Uh, it's like, okay, <laughs> three clothing brands. Where do you go to buy your stuff? Like, where? Okay. Uniqlo, Zara, and Zara. Zara. <laughs> I'm actually okay. Just to throw a shoe element in, I guess I'd say like JD Sports because I buy a lot of trainers from JD Sports. So yeah. there we go. Esther for sure is Zara. Mine is so easy. One hundred percent of the wardrobe is Zara. There's not even anything else. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what else you incorporate to be honest. Mango. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's not even you know, my problem with mango is just like I find like, a lot of things they look nice and then whenever I try them on they just they just fit I mean, this is just maybe a personal problem for me but I just find that they're, the fit and the fabric's just so problematic most of the time isn't that orange like jacket you were wearing like from mango mm, no I think it's Uniqlo I didn't actually buy that that yeah. was a hand-me-down to my mum's friend who's five foot two so I don't know how that works um, <laughs> you'd be like that sometimes yeah um yeah honestly like top three is challenge definitely zara then after that i'm like i, don't I also i don't want to say that because I, I i don't really want to be like an advocate for fast fashion like in an ideal world they wouldn't be shopping i don't sh- first of all, i don't shop that much or i don't buy many clothes <clears throat> when i do it's probably from zara um and then i'd say probably number number two is probably actually mns because that's where i buy all my basics like non-fashion M&M. items if you will it's probably mns no, I'm third, <laughs> M&M's, where I buy all my basics. <laughs> basic chocolate. Um, they yeah. still close. Um, I'm just saying. Yeah, I can't even, I struggle, I think I struggle to think of a third, to be honest. Maybe not, actually, it probably would be Nike, just because I, I tend to buy. Um, You're an athlete. I would buy active wear. Not that I buy much of it, but if I am buying active wear, like, I don't have very much, but it might be Nike. I just don't really shop anywhere other than Zara, to be honest. I mean, I, th- I think it's a good thing that we don't have range it just shows that we know what we want <laughs> instead of like i'd say i have the opposite problem i feel like i have too much range for me to be like there's a top three i just buy things as i as i see it them, yeah. yeah actually so i redact that statement i actually do shop quite i when i was younger i used to shop loads of urban outfitters now less but it definitely is in the top three so it's, yeah sorry yeah not, not so urban outfitters and then m&s interesting dima um, what's Wait, your let, let, question? What was that? G. Uh, 
Loki, I feel like you're a Zara girl too. Like, I feel like Zara. I wasn't. I never owned. I am now, but to be fair, it's more Zara Armani. now. Pardon? Armani. Flex. Armani or Omani? Armani. Armani, the brand Armani. Like Georgia uh, Armani. Yeah, dude, I don't own any designer clothing, but thank uh, you. I thought I saw you have a bag. Yeah, bags are some. different. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I also am struggling to think where you shop, Dean. I feel like you again, you you're not someone who shops like a lot at one place. I don't, I don't shop a lot. I, I I when we were at uni, I felt like Urban Outfitters was a bit of you still. But yeah, Urban Outfitters. But I wouldn't shop. I do a lot of window shopping at Urban Outfitters. But um, I think I bought. I, I no, I I wasn't I wasn't much. I don't like online shopping that much. Um, I think at uni. New Look and H&M. Oh yeah. Um, but now, now to be honest, it's, now it's more like I've gone into Zara, and I think now that I'm back home, I wear dresses a lot more, so a bit more tail. Like I go to the tailors. Nice. My girl said I wear custom. <laughs> <laughs> Not off the rack. High street can't relate. <laughs> But also, I've started to become like more sustainable. So I'm yeah, that's something I'm trying. I just don't want to be. I, not that I shop much, but I, I'd like to invest in more, more sustainable. Not even more sustainable, just better quality. PPC. My issue is, I, I guess, when I say more sustainable, is like sustainable in terms of supply chain. If environmentally okay. sustainable as well, better. But I think for me, the bit that like I don't like about fast fashion is like the conditions yeah. of a lot of the workers. That's a bit that bothers me the most. I think fast, I think fast fashion is a problem on its own. Like, it's yeah. literally every month there's a new like line, which I don't understand. Like, yeah, I can I can proudly say that I don't shop at any of the fast fast fashion. So not like you know like. Are they any worse than like a Zara? I think Zara is like pretty bad. Zara is because they mass produce. Yeah. Like Zara mass produced, but like on, not on the scale of like misguided and stuff like that. And you know, misguided and all of these like brands, and Pat, they, yeah, they turn their stock around quite quickly. Whereas Zara will keep it for a season. Yeah. These guys will have different lines of stock being added every other week. So their, their turnaround is quite, quite bad. But, but then guess, the way that their workers are treated, is it any worse? I don't, uh, potentially I, not. Potentially I don't not, think so. I think, I think they use the same factories. It's just the, the, they make a design and it's contracted out. Yeah. Usually I, east. I can't actually yeah. remember the last time I bought any clothes. I mean, did today. you did you, <laughs> did you not did you not buy eat clothes? No. Ah. Literally today I bought clothes. When did you shop? <laughs> Flex me up. I think the last time I bought clothes was for graduation. Whoa. I've become that's a bit of a shopper. Yeah, that's, that's ages I've, ago. That's I've become a bit of a shopaholic. Well done. Sorry. Um, actually, yeah, same. I never buy clothes. Honestly, I, I don't think I've bought clothes since, like, what, summer sale. Wait, what, when are we? Oh, no, winter sale. Sorry, and then you just said, I'm a shopaholic. Um, no, what I've started doing, I've started sh since, since, we've been, since we've been in quarantine, I've become, like, I'm so impulsive with my Amazon purchases, but it's not clothes. Like, I, like today I bought a, a hooded hairdryer to do, like, a home treatment. Like, anything, I'm like, ooh, that'll be fun. Bye. But it's not yeah. clothes. It's just, it's more like stuff. I've just become very impulsive with things like just little things with the house like oh a candle bye 
Yeah, um, I've, I've, bought, I've bought my fair share of candles and like things like that as well. I agree. I've been in clothes less so. I did buy clothes today, but like that was like the first time in a while. But yeah, I've been more impulsive with things. So like mm. I've even bought makeup. For what reason? I don't know where I'm going, but for what reason I bought it? I bought it. It happened. Hey, Eid is coming up. You know, we move. Um, but also like things like loungewear. I bought loungewear, to be honest with you, because I actually discovered that I didn't have any. I don't know what loungewear like, is. Just like tracksuits and like oh, so athleisure and things yeah. like that. Which isn't my style. I don't. I don't wear athleisure out of the house. So I had I, one of two. I had pajamas or like non-casual wear, basically. Um, so I had to buy some stuff to just lounge in my house and not wear pajamas all the time. When you know you made it in life. Um, I have non-pajama clothing. Um, my guesses for Afka are super dry. Tommy Hilfiger. Tommy Hilfiger. Tommy Hilfiger. Oh. Love the Tommy Hilfiger. Loves the Tommy Hilfiger, Daddy. Oh. <laughs> okay, so uh, I don't wear super dry anymore. I, I, you you loved it. No, but he had that, that was one, first year. That was first year. Just one, one jacket. That every yeah. international <laughs> student and their mom had. I Yo, don't know Dima, why. Dima had it as well. So like. <laughs> every international student and their mom had that coat for some reason. I mean, I don't know where why. else would we get raincoats? <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> We didn't know that. I we just came and then they're like, yep, this is where you go. I'm not even yeah. exaggerating. I remember in first year seeing literally every international student with that coat. I was like, what is, what is, with the, what is so great about this coat? I just wanted coat. to know. But they, they had that little yeah, like um, thumb uh, group yeah. thing. And they cool. had multiple pockets. Like I can pick mm-hmm. my like sliding pockets. I like that. Okay. Yeah, and, and, and like first year, like UK was cold. Like eventually like got less cold but like the first year was cold it didn't get less cold you got more used to it <laughs> also yeah. the super dry had three different zips exactly <laughs> i'm not even asking you to justify your purchase i just found that everybody had it i was just like all right cool clearly there's something that i'm missing about this coat yeah i'm i'm exclusively wearing tommy now i think when i go out wow. Wow. tommy look at money. <laughs> oh um, my- Okay. But but I, I have bought Eid clothes, so I think it's Tommy, Nike, and Jordan. Why did you so. buy Eid clothes? I don't get it. Because it's, because it's, it's a tradition, yeah. I think, okay, I think part of the reason is because I had I bought an Eid outfit for last year and I didn't wear it, so yeah. it's going to work yeah, this year. But it's, it's just Sunday, isn't it? You just buy an outfit. You're supposed to wear new clothes wear, on wear, the day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That'd be nice. I mean, if you don't have to, if you don't want to, you can wear clean clothes as well. That's also yeah. I mean, we're not going to the mosque anyway, so. Yeah, for real. Ain't nobody going nowhere this year, so. <laughs> but yeah, I bought the clothes to take pictures in and put on my Instagram. Yeah, I'm not doing that. I know. <laughs> but yeah, Anyways, it. I think that does it for all the segments for today. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, we're going to conclude this session uh, of Consultants Without Borders. It's goodbye from Dima, Sam, Esther, Miada, and me, Afghan.